Hi, you're listening to Neon Nottingham, the only podcast in Nottingham dedicated to showcasing students' work. To keep up to date with all the new episodes, make sure you follow us on here and over on Insta at neon underscore Nottingham. Welcome to Big Bra, Bigger Opinions. I'm the host, Megan Hutchinson, and today I'm joined with friend and businesswoman, Lily Beards. Hello. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing, Megan? I'm all right, thank you. I mean, isn't this like the future of podcasting? We're not even in the same room. I know, it's bizarre, but it's amazing what you can do these days. We'll have to do some more of this. (laughs) Absolutely. I think like future episodes are going to be great. I mean, if we can do this and we're however many miles away. I mean, think about the potential of all the all the guests you could speak to. You could literally talk to anyone across the whole world and end up with a decent podcast. Exciting time. How are you finding, uh, obviously you've just moved to Manchester as a uni student. How are you finding it? I mean, it's a bit crazy. Um, I'm having a great time. All of my new friends uh in lockdown so I can't really meet up with them and I'm trying to balance a new job and a degree on top of it but I'm, I'm loving it yeah I'm loving life. For anyone who isn't aware of what we're going to talk about today it's going to be the blame culture in the sustainable fashion industry so should people be judged for if they don't buy sustainable brands? Um, obviously, Lily, yourself, you have a you have a brand and you are a business owner. So let's talk a bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, this time last year, I um, I set up a sustainable lingerie business because I found both in my own life and then talking to some friends uh, that there was a real lack of um, crossover between size inclusive lingerie and sustainable lingerie. So for people, you know, with fuller bust or bigger plus sizes there was just nowhere that they could shop consciously and sustainably so I set up my small business Fawn and Esther um, which was focused around creating high quality sort of everyday basic lingerie but using sustainable fabrics and in sizes that could suit pretty much anyone. Brilliant I'm loving that and where, where are you getting your like materials from you know to make sure that they are sustainable? Um, so our materials are being sourced from Germany which has a great growing culture um, around sustainable textiles and fashion design. So our materials are made in India in sustainable factories where workers are all paid above living wage. And many of the workers have been previous victims of human trafficking or abuse. And their new life working to create these textiles has actually helped get their life back on track. So it was something that I was really conscious of. Um, when I was setting up the business, I wanted to make sure that not only the fabrics were sustainable and good for the planet, but that the people making them were being treated well. I mean, I think as consumers, we want to know that what we're buying and what we we are supporting with our money and where our money's going is for a good cause. So I think that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Well, speaking of um, different brands and stuff like that, I mean, I'm not sure if you've... Uh... You've been aware of the uh, Primark Here's new campaign. I don't know if you've seen it in your local Primark or anything like that, but it's yes. been a big campaign. Yeah. Yes, um, I've seen it popping up in the last month or so. Um, I've seen a lot about it. I have yeah, mixed absolutely. feelings. <laughs> you have me. I think that's it, because as a consumer, we ha- we all want to know and we want to try our best to uh, to be as sustainable and be as conscious as possible. But I think... When it comes to a high street brand, you know, we've been fooled before. We we just don't know 
if this is something that we can trust. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel. So obviously, if for anyone who's listening and that isn't aware of the new Primark Cares campaign, this is a new campaign for 2020. It has been photographed by fashion photographer Rankin. The collection includes oversized puffer jackets made using at least 35% recycled polyester and denim jeans made from sustainable cotton. The sustainable cotton that products are made out of from Primark are actually grown specifically through the Primark Sustainable Cotton Program. Uh, this campaign was shot by Rankin and obviously will feature in windows and in across stores uh, over 384 of Primark stores across 13 countries, Primark says. So, you know, it's a big campaign and they've invested a lot of money into it. So as a consumer, Lily, how do you feel? I mean, on the one hand, I think obviously Primark, especially in the UK, have such, such leverage in the fashion industry. You know, they're, they're everyone's go-to, I think, for, you know, affordable clothes that are still up to date with trends so I mean that is definitely a positive and I, I would never criticize someone for trying but I suppose where my doubts lie is the fact that this is one line um, in Primark's constantly rotating um, selection of products and um, you know I mean almost every day there's new things at the front of the store and, and it's it's really the epitome of, of fast fashion culture um, so I think it'll be interesting to see if Primark do expand this um, to the rest of their products and actually make it part of their entire brand ethos to make everything more sustainable. I'm going to keep an eye on them because I think they have some good ideas here and I'm interested to see whether they develop these into the rest of their business. I think anyone who is you know, consciously aware and are consciously trying to increase the amount of sustainable items in their wardrobe. I think we all are watching Primark through the magnifying glass at the moment to see if this is going to change and if this is going to be a, a launch that will perpetuate into the rest of their stores. So it'll be eager to see. I, I can't wait to see if Primark take this as the first step to a whole new different Primark as we know it now. I mean, absolutely. It's definitely it's definitely one that I'm very interested in and that I think for years to come will, you know, be studied by fashion students and um, fashion innovators. Um, because if they do this right, I think it really could change the face of the fashion industry as we know it and put everything on a turn um, to becoming more sustainable. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely one that I'm quite excited about, if a little dubious. Absolutely. And I guess uh, with having Rankin shot the, the actual campaign, you know, Rankin, the renowned fashion photographer, he's shot pe people like the Rolling Stones, David Bowie, Kate Moss, even the Queen, you know, his involvement in this demonstrates the quality and sustainable products can be accessible to all. I mean, yeah, I mean, the campaign is beautiful. I mean, if, if any of the listeners haven't seen it, I think it would definitely be something to have a look at, especially if you're interested in fashion photography and marketing because it is stunning and it really shows that you know Rankin this world-renowned photographer has shot it and um, it really does bring out the quality of the clothes obviously Primark isn't a brand well known for their quality but you can see in this campaign um, it makes everything look so viable and beautiful and because the campaign is shot outdoors um, in nature it really does bring the whole message home that this is sort of a new direction for Primark and that they are actually wanting to uh, think about the environment a little more. And I think the fact that they 
are working with Rankin um, to shoot this when they could have worked with a myriad of any other photographers that no one's you know really heard of they they are investing a lot into this campaign which does make me think that they potentially want to expand this campaign um once they can assess how successful the initial launch of Primark Cares has been so this could either be I think the greatest case of the fast fashion industry being changed forever or the greatest case of a complete greenwashing sham that um, the UK fashion industry has ever seen and only time will tell um, with what Primark actually decides to do. So just going back to the greenwashing for any listeners who are unfamiliar with this uh, practice, greenwashing is a deceptive practice that companies use to trick you into thinking their products are environmentally friendly when they're not. So a great example of greenwashing that was in the public eye was in back in 2018, Starbucks introduced the strawless lids to remove plastic straws from more than 28,000 stores around the world to combat single-use plastics. However, these lids, Lily, ended up being more plastic than the lid and straw combo. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it's laughable. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect example of greenwashing and a brand just wanting to be seen outwardly to be making an effort, whereas I think Starbucks kind of rushed into this and massively miscalculated it. But you've got to think, you know, after all those years that Primark have have spent normalising waste in the fashion industry, um, can one campaign change that forever? is my question absolutely i think i think it's a i think it's a ticking time bomb and like you say only time will tell whether this sticks or whether it's just a phase uh with primark and if it's just a front which i will be highly disappointed as both a consumer and as someone who is watching primark's next move i guess going back to today's uh episode title and the and the concept that the title that the episode is based around should people be judged if they don't shop sustainably, Lily? Because, I mean, on one hand, we've got this greenwashing uh, situation where, where customers are being manipulated in a way that they think that what they're doing is a great thing. I mean, it's such, such a difficult question because there are so many factors. I mean, you can't just whittle it down to a yes or a no with this sort of thing because, you know, everyone's situation is different and and even in different countries, different areas of countries, um, there's a different attitude to sustainability and there are different factors that influence whether someone should be shopping sustainably or not. But um, I think I think it would be very difficult to talk about um, sustainability in the fashion industry, particularly if you don't talk about, you know, class and income and accessibility. Um, I mean, it's it's no it's no mystery that um, sustainable brands, brands who are fully sustainable in their entire um, basis as a company is that they're sustainable so for example reformation uh, a very big leader of this especially in the us but they're starting to come over here to the uk as well um they're expensive and and the majority of people especially you know young people people who are students are only just starting their career and haven't you know built up that level of income yet they just cannot shop at these sustainable businesses because the prices are just so so inaccessible and it's it's understandable because it is expensive to create sustainable products. You know, no one's saying that it's not, but um, I don't think that people should necessarily be judged if they can't afford these things. You know, for a lot of people, 
they they would love to be able to shop sustainably but for example they can't buy second hand because for example they struggle to find clothes that fit them um or they want to keep up with trends but they just cannot find anything that fits you know their personal style and aesthetic and and I don't think that those people should be judged but it would be interesting to hear your opinion if you don't look a certain way if you don't dress a certain way you're not going to find what you want in a secondhand shop and that's just the truth I mean I can fortunately find most of my sizes in secondhand shops I think being a mid-sized babe is a perfect dream for this for this kind of scenario but I do think there is perhaps um some exclusivity in the um current sustainable discussion um I think a lot of people are being judged if they can't afford um, to you know buy from sustainable brands or if they don't want to shop from charity shops and I think a lot of blame is being shifted onto people who would like to shop more sustainably but can't at this point in time absolutely I think we're both at a, I think we're both at an agreement that instead of consumers pointing the finger at each other we really need to shift that blame back onto the companies you know because with companies like this we get fed a lie far too often and i think as consumers we're starting to really get sick of it and we really need a different kind of attitude from this from the companies nowadays yes i mean you're completely right it's it's definitely something that i've noticed as well i think um whether this is just sort of human nature or if it's something that companies are sort of trying to do I think blame is being shifted onto individual consumers um instead of the finger being pointed to the the businesses themselves because they are the ones with the you know the capital and the leverage in the industry to be able to actually make the change Absolutely. A thing that um, me and a, a, another friend were actually talking about a few uh, few days ago was, I think we all know how my favourite brand, Vivian Westwood and stuff like that, I will support that brand forever. But I think they're so beautiful and elegant. However, I did have to laugh at something that Vivian Westwood was quoted on saying. So she was quoted to say, buy less, choose well, make it last, quality, not quantity. Everybody's buying far too many clothes. And I did have to have a bit of a chuckle, you know, this is this isn't the fast fashion industry. This is the the top of the quality, you know, these are your quality brands and stuff like that. Although there is a different collection for each year, season of the year. I think it's quite funny when her whole brand has been relying on people buying her clothes. I, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. I do think uh, there is certainly a especially with these higher end brands um there's sort of the assumption that because their products are you know obviously of a higher quality and more expensive that they're not perpetuating you know the fast fashion industry and textile waste and they absolutely are 100% i mean we are seeing kind of a hierarchy right now with and a, and a drift between the fast fashion high street stores and the and the more premium brands I mean, what what was it a few years ago? Was it Louis Vuitton that um, got caught out of setting fire and destroying their own products? Yes, that's right. So products that weren't selling because they wanted to keep their, um, you know, really exclusive image as a brand. If I remember correctly, they were burning their stock that was unsold when new collections would come in and things would be phased out, which, I mean... You don't need me to tell you how completely ridiculous that is. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous talking about it. 
that they would burn leftover stock that could easily have been, you know, repurposed, recycled into new products. And um, they're also just completely normalizing uh, textile waste and um, this terrible disposable attitude that the fashion industry seems to have going on at the minute. Just a few days ago, I saw that Selfridges have started their new reselfridges. I don't know if you've seen this campaign. It's a, it's a different uh, kind of outlook from the typical Selfridges and Co. So for anyone unfamiliar with this, this is reselfridges. This is a new uh, kind of collaborative experiment with Selfridges store in London. So next to Selfridges, there is a there is a shop now called reselfridges. And the whole premise of it is that it is secondhand uh, high-end designers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a great idea. And, and it's a prime example of, you know, a business who have this really, really, really loyal customer base actually doing what they can to raise awareness for sustainability. And it's essentially the complete opposite of what Louis Vuitton were doing because they are, you know, they're not afraid to talk about reducing waste and making their products more accessible to consumers so I think what they're doing is fantastic and I think more brands will follow suit definitely and I think I think just the language that they're using in their campaigns and on social media it's it's driving a different message but I do like it it, it's not it's not lying to the consumers but it's making it sound much more luxurious you know instead of secondhand we're seeing pre-loved you know we're seeing upcycled we're seeing a revolution of new words and, and ways to phrase secondhand. And I think that really does give it still that luxurious Selfridges feel. I mean, it's fantastic. It's, it's all about the language and, and how you approach these things. So it's one thing to, you know, oh, I, I got my secondhand clothes from a charity shop. It's another thing to say, oh, oh, this, this little thing. Oh, yeah, it's um from re-Selfridges. It's, you know, pre-loved. And it's just a completely different approach. And I think what they're doing is really, really interesting. They, they're making it desirable and they're really normalising sustainability in the industry. Um, and I think what they're doing is a great example. And, and it's definitely something that I, I hope, for example, you know, obviously Primark, who we spoke about earlier, I hope that's the sort of direction that they're aiming for as well. Oh, I know. And and the thing is, they, they aren't just owned by Selfridges. You know, you've got your actual vendors in there you know you've got different people bringing different things so no matter your aesthetic or or like we've just said your personal style you're gonna see something you really like you know you've got your streetwear you've got your minimalist you've got everything and I think seeing vendors come together and collaborate on such a unique and never before seen project it really is great but I I completely get what you mean you know the vibrant colors it's that it's that iconic Selfridges look but make it ethical. And I love it. I, I'm here for it. And I, I can't wait to see the next move from Selfridges and um, department stores alike. Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. I think obviously department stores are kind of a whole different beast because you, you can talk about, you know, an individual fashion brand, for example, Primark, who only really sell their own brand products and then making the effort. But Selfridges, I think what they're doing is fantastic because they are encouraging their vendors who, you know, are massive players in the fashion industry and are really, really desirable brands to sort of engage with this new sustainable approach that they're taking. Um, I think outside out, outside their shop, um, their new reselfages shop, I think this is, is it a massive sign that says, let's change the way we shop? And I just, it's just wonderful. I think it's fantastic and, and it's huge right on the front of the building and it's clear what their mission statement is here. 
And I think by encouraging their vendors to follow suit. Quite literally in neon lights, blaring you in the face that we are Selfridges, this is our new message. And if you want to be a consumer here, you got to get on board. And I love that. I love that. But yeah, I mean, going back to to you know waste in the in the fashion industry, I was shocked to find out um, how many. Well, like if I was just 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 to chuck out this question right now, I just want to see what your figure would be. So if I was to ask you, how many pairs of shoes in the UK are are thrown out by the public each year? I just want to see if you'd get it. Oh my goodness. I don't even think I could ballpark it. I mean, oh, I, I couldn't I couldn't even guess because I it must just be a ridiculous ridiculous number. Go on, hit me with it. Okay. I I think I hope you're sitting down. <laughs> 300 million pairs each no. year are thrown out by the public in the UK with a majority going to landfill. Recycling shoes and clothes can make a big difference to the environment is a quote I've just pulled from www.dover.gov.uk. That is unbelievable. Yeah, man. And this is from Dover District Council that are saying this. And I, I, I'm shocked. I'm I'm really, really shocked. I guess it goes back to the reselfages, you know, that let's change the way we shop. They have something in there called the sneaker ER where you can just take your your broken or, you know, shoes that I've seen in better days to the sneaker ER and they'll get them right fixed up for you. Um, it's fun. I mean, that approach is fantastic because, you know, I mean, what, what do they say? Reduce, reuse, recycle. And I think the, the, the focus a lot of the time is on recycling, but really reduce, reuse, recycle. You say it in the order that you should be doing it. So obviously, first, you've got to be reducing the amount that you're buying, you know, on sustainably, if that's possible. And then reuse, you've got to repurpose these things. And I think there's a real problem with the total disposable culture in the fashion industry where people like, you know, do think that it's okay to throw out 300 million pairs of shoes a year, when I'm sure that most of those are perfectly wearable and could be repaired with ease. The question really phones home and goes back to, are we built into this? You know, were we born into an economy we can't really break out of? Uh, I guess what I'm referring to is the linear economy. You know, this dynamic of take, make, dispose, as opposed to a circular economy, you know, make, use, recycle. Can we break out of it, do you think, as both a consumer and obviously a business owner? Do you think that one day we will have this shift? I mean, it's difficult because I think once you're trapped in this sort of system, as we are in the linear economy, it's very, very difficult to break out of it because, um, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of businesses um, who are sort of built around this model because, you know, that that is the norm. I mean, should it be? No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. But it is. And and it's hard to break out of that Um when you've already set up all of your you know production lines and you have all your suppliers but i think the increase in businesses who are sort of focused around you know a more circular um mode of production is it's refreshing and i think actually the power is in the hands of um, particularly governments and you know massive massive corporations like you know top 100 corporations um to actually actively try to promote a circular economy because really all the changes in the last step you know um recycling rather than throwing away and whilst it is a big change and financially you know can 
can be a big yeah it's something that people just don't think about because it's just what we're living in and um I mean you I don't think you can even really talk about you know ethical consumption without talking about you know the the overall capitalist society we're living in and how that normalizes the linear economy because you know capitalism works for businesses it's you know it's the entire basis of what businesses have been working around for forever really and and it's it's hard to stray from something that you know works and gives you profit as a business but you know as someone who has been there myself and tried to start my own business albeit on a much smaller scale I could not in good conscience um, start a business in this day and age without actively trying to make it sustainable. I guess before we uh, call it a day then, Lily, after everything we've spoke about today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this question one last time. <laughs> Should people be judged if they don't shop sustainably? Well, you know, actually chatting with you has given me a lot to think about. I mean, I came into this with, you know, an opinion that that to an extent, yes, people should be judged if they don't stop if they don't shop sustainably because the options are out there, but um, you know, talking to you and and hearing about, you know, what all of these businesses are doing, um, it does make me think that there there are reasons why people might not want to shop sustainably um or not 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 want to but find themselves unable to um you know the issues around you know cost and accessibility and and you know people want to follow trends and i think that's fine i think that's something that is is very normal for a person to want to do and and i think that that the core of the issue here for me is you know not judging people for their choices but actually holding businesses accountable um, and that's something that I hadn't, obviously, I, I knew before coming into this and talking to you, but it's not something that I'd kind of um, identified as the core of the issue. But to me, I think that is what the problem is. I think it's businesses, you know, actively choosing not to, you know, make the effort to make sustainability more accessible. And, and I think this whole idea of actually blaming individual people um, for their choices is is actually not where the heart of this issue lies I, th- I really do think that the heart of the issue um you know is is with these brands who have such power in the industry and yet are choosing not to use their platform to raise awareness for sustainable issues on the most part really a vicious cycle it's a double-ended sword of you know if we up the prices could people still afford it if we reduce the quality people have to buy again and it's it, it's such like you said there's no simple yes or no to this but it's really about starting the conversation like we are today within the listeners lives and at home oh completely i mean my point of view is it's it's about educating people rather than alienating them from the topics i think trying to approach people if you do see them you know maybe having some disdain for the sustainable fashion movement or you know buying a lot from you know notoriously unsustainable companies it's it's not about judging them it's about talking to them and seeing why they're making the choices they are. I mean, absolutely, it's a massively, massively complex issue. And, you know, we've barely scratched the surface of it today because there is so, so much to talk about in this space. And and I think it's great that, that more and more people are trying to talk about this, but it is massively complicated and it's it, you can't simplify something that is not simple. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I, 
everyone has their own individual situation and it would be absolutely barbaric for us to as humans and as individuals to neglect that when thinking about this argument take us for example we're, we're two young women who are living in completely different parts of the UK but we have a similar kind of life you know we're both students we both have jobs you know time and money they're two things that we are very very low on take time educate yourself and really get that ball like rolling because without it we're, we're not going to see any progression I would absolutely love if even in a year's time or or whenever if we uh, came back and, and reviewed this episode and had a bit of a chat and see one year on what's really happened I mean absolutely that would be fascinating it's it's an industry that is moving so so quickly and the changes in attitude that even I've just seen this year have have been you know massive and and the way that people are shopping is so different to the way people were shopping a few years ago so I can't wait to see what you know happens in the next few months and years and and what these businesses aim to do um, to tackle this issue that's it well I guess that's the end of uh, the episode if you're happy to end there absolutely it's been so great to have a chat about this it's been really Thank fun you very much. I'm glad that we've had you on, you know, uh, you've really helped us understand this uh, this complex scenario a bit better. Um, and for one last time, uh, if you want to do a little cheeky plug, you absolutely can. <laughs> sure. So uh, my business, Fawn and Esther, um, is hoping to launch next year, um, focusing on sustainable lingerie and eventually branching out into sustainable lifestyle products. Um, you can find us, our biggest platform is Instagram, which is at Fawn and Esther. Um, and we're hoping to do some really, really exciting stuff uh, next year. And I think the things we've spoken about today will definitely stay with me, you know, as I'm making decisions for my brand, you know, in, in the coming months. Thank you for listening to mine and Lily's episode. I hope that you found it as interesting as I did. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Big Bra Bigger Opinions, where you are more than welcome to leave me a message regarding any future podcast episodes you would like to see. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify where you will be updated for any future episodes. Until next time, thank you for listening.